You're tuned to KVNF. This is Local Motion, our weekly public affairs program. I'm Lisa Young. My guest today is Dr. Nathan Perry, Assistant Professor of Economics at Colorado Mesa University. Dr. Nathan Perry from Colorado Mesa University. We're going to go over some of the economic reports for Delta, Montrose, and Mesa counties. Thank you for joining me today. And Dr. Perry, where would you like to start today? Well, we can start with Mesa County if you want. That sounds good to me. Let's. Uh, we're going to be talking primarily here about the second quarter of 2023. Those reports just came out. Maybe just before we start that, tell us a little bit about those quarterly reports and how folks can get a hold of those because... Yeah, so I write economic newsletters for seven counties on the Western Slope. I do quarterly newsletters for Mesa, Montrose, and Delta counties, and then semi-annual newsletters for Moffat, Rio Blanco, Garfield, and Route. And those are on Colorado Mesa University's website. If you just go to coloradomesa.edu and go to the search bar and key in economic newsletter, it'll come right up. You just click on the link and you can subscribe or download the PDFs. Those are really great reports. I use them often in our newscast. So again, thank you for providing those. And let's take a look at Mesa County. Tell us how Mesa County's doing. Well, I think Mesa County's doing really well. Really, uh, most counties in the Western Slope are doing well. The unemployment rate is pretty low. Most recent uh, unemployment rate I have is below 3%. So uh, we're looking at 2.9% for May, which is extraordinarily low. You know, it matches the 2019, fall of 2019 lows. And uh, we continue to see employment gains, although the employment gains are a little bit slower the more years we get away from the COVID downturn. Uh, I think labor force is kind of hard to come by right now. You know, the whole national labor market is having a hard time uh, finding workers because the unemployment rate is so low. So, you know, I think we've kind of hit peak labor market here. And, um, you know, I'm expecting on the national level and the local level for things to slow a little bit. I, I don't know if I'm on team recession. I think that we can see a bit of slack in the economy and not see a recession. But I do think that uh, I do expect things to slow a little bit moving into the winter. Does that seem to be a typical trend as far as the slowing down goes for the winter time? Well, there's there's two factors here. So at the county level, we do see a lot of seasonality, especially in rural counties. So you go to Delta, Montrose, you see a lot of seasonality, especially Delta that has a lot of farm employment. Mesa, you still see a lot of seasonality uh, because of tourism and a little bit of farm employment. The slowdown I'm expecting is not seasonal. The slowdown I'm expecting is resulting from the high interest rate policy from the Federal Reserve that is expected to put the brakes on the labor market and economic performance at the national level. And uh, a lot of economists have forecast recession. Like I said earlier, I, I'm not necessarily forecasting recession, but I am forecasting things to slow down a little bit and the labor market to loosen up a tiny bit. This national trend will coincide with the local uh, seasonality, downturn in, in uh, labor market or reduction in employment that we see seasonally in the region. So, um, but I'm not overly concerned. I strongly believe that we can avoid a recession. And, uh, and I think even if we do have a recession, which is what a lot of national economists are talking about, uh, I'm not convinced that unemployment's gonna get very high unless there's some sort of unexpected event or something that breaks that we kind of don't know about at this point. 
So um, I don't see too much difference between the labor markets in the local area versus the national story of the labor market. In other words, there are some small things that make a difference like energy is uh, larger, especially in Northwest Colorado, uh, Mesa County, you know, it's, it contributes, it's a big contributor, but swings in the energy industry don't cause massive unemployment like they used to because that industry is smaller than it used to be. And the non-energy industry is larger than it used to be. And so we can see natural gas prices fall the way they've fallen the last couple months after spiking, you know, going insanely high the last year. And, uh, you know, I don't expect to see a huge unemployment spike in Mesa County because of that. It might contribute a little bit, but, um, you know, in Delta, ha Delta and Montrose have virtually no energy at this point. Um, their energy economy is very small. You know, coal, Delta is a, you know, coal is kind of a legacy industry. There's still the mine in Gunnison that some people work at, but in terms of the total contribution to Delta, it's very small. Montrose has never been, you know, in the energy game. They have a couple, couple things going on out there. Well, they, you know, they used to have new, uh, the stuff in Nucla, um, but not, not anymore. So Montrose is essentially energy free. So there's nothing specific about the local labor market that I'm expecting to be different from the national labor market this time. I know everyone thinks because of 2008 through 2016, that huge downturn that we had after the energy bust, that things are going to be different here locally. But I don't think so this time. I just, I think we're going to follow the national trend and the Colorado trend. Yeah, while we're talking about unemployment, uh, even in Montrose and Delta County, that still looks pretty good. I mean, uh, it's much better than I thought it would be. Uh, Montrose County, I think, always does a little bit better than Delta, even in the uh, unemployment. Delta still has a few issues uh, looking at the reports. Maybe we could just talk about that for a second. Yeah, um, so Delta has a low unemployment rate, 3.1%. But the one concern I have about Delta is that their employment has stopped growing. And um, that's primarily because of demographics. And so, you know, when employment, and it's worse than not growing, there's actually a two or three year trend where employment is falling. And um, normally I'd be really concerned about that if the unemployment rate were rising or if the number of people unemployed were increasing. But that's not the case. Um, the number of unemployed have actually fallen over the last three, four years. And so, and if you compare to 2019, which was peak economic activity, we're about in line right now with 2019 unemployed numbers and the unemployment rate. Employment is falling, but unemployment is staying the same. Then what's the explanation? And the explanation is the falling labor force. So the labor force is defined as the number of people who are willing and able to work, right? Who are out actively looking for a job. They're either employed or they're unemployed, but looking for a job. If you're not looking for a job, you're not in the labor force. And so as what we're seeing is that the Delta County labor force is falling. And um, why is that? Well, that I think is demographics. So you have an aging population in Delta. You have a high death rate, a low birth rate. Um, you don't have as much migration to the county as Mesa and Montrose who are you know, absorbing a lot of that migration. And so the combination of those things is causing the labor force to fall. That's not really good or bad. I mean, I can make an argument that it's bad in terms of economic growth, um, but 
you know, ultimately if a population ages, it ages, right? Less people work, people leave the labor force uh, and new people are not moving in to replace those people. And so that's the issue I see in Delta. That's not really a solvable problem, you know, unless you recruit young people to move there or increase the birth rate. Um, you know, migration and birth rate are the only ways to solve that or get retirees to come back out and, and work more. Um, and so it's not one of those things where I say, oh, no, oh, no, you know, it could hurt GDP because if you have less total people working, you could see a GDP decline. But again, you know, I would be concerned, except that we have seen median household income increase drastically since 2016. Um, we've seen the poverty rate uh, trend lower, although 2021, it went a little higher. Generally, it's been trending lower since 2016. GDP has maintained positive. So since 2018, Delta has positive GDP, 8%, 3.3%, 4%, 3.1%. So, you know, and the other thing about employment is these are estimates. They come from a household survey and, um, you know, employment is measured a little bit differently than jobs. Employment is, uh, you know, they survey your household and you can have two jobs, but you're counted as employed once. If you look in my newsletter on figure six, uh, you'll see the jobs numbers from the Bureau of Economic Analysis. And those don't quite show the same trend as the employment numbers. The employment numbers from the state are trending down and those are an estimate. But the jobs numbers, which I don't have, uh, the last data point to have is 2021. So we don't know the 2022 data yet. I won't know it till December. Um, but the jobs data you can see has fallen since 2018, but has had slight increases. We've gone 2019, we had 15,602. In 2020, we had 15,655. In 2021, we had 15,764. And so I'm interested to see what the 2022 numbers say and to see if we have this dichotomy between employment estimates and jobs. And it can mean a couple things. The first thing that it can mean is that more people are getting, that employment is actually falling, but a lot of these people who are employed are working two jobs in Delta. So that's the first thing it can mean. The second thing it can mean because the jobs data is technically more accurate than the employment estimate, it's just not as current, is that the employment estimate might be a little bit off and that this, you know, that maybe it's a small survey sample or something. We'd have to ask the state on that. Um, I'm going with scenario number one, where I think that, you know, the labor force is falling or at least holding steady at a minimum and probably more people are working two jobs. So the jobs numbers are going up slightly, but employment is coming down and labor force is coming down. Sorry, that was probably not, you know, it's probably too geeky for the radio, but that's that's my analysis of of uh, the Delta County situation. So I'm really curious to watch Delta County's labor force over the next year and to watch these job numbers. You referenced uh, Figure Six in the uh, in the uh, second quarter economic report for Delta County, and that's just an incentive for somebody to get the quarterly report so they can take a look at the graph that you have. So just another plug for those quarterly reports. You know, one thing um, with Delta, the city of Delta, they're going to be making a huge investment in what they're going to call a co-worker and innovation center, which will be incorporated on the backside of the brand new 
Delta Library Branch downtown. And talking with city manager Elise Castleberry, the hope is that they can start to draw people in who want to start a business but don't have a place to start. Dr. Perry, from your perspective, for the city of Delta, does this sound like a good thing for them to do? I mean, they're trying to make an economic investment to try and incentivize people maybe to get those business filings up because, according to your report, those filings were down like 2.5% through May. What do you think about that as far as trying to pump up something like a new innovation center, co-working space to try to stimulate some economy for uh, the city of Delta? Sure. Yeah. Well, I want to be careful because I don't know the politics behind it. Um, But in general, you know, these things are very popular policies in rural counties. I've seen them implemented in several places. And I think, you know, we live in a world, you talk about co-working spaces. We lived in a world with remote work and that's a very popular thing for a lot of remote workers. Um, You, you know, it reduces the cost of even having business space because you can get a co-working space even if you're a business owner um you know the maker space is great for trades uh you know i i think that all of these things it's hard to argue they're negative now i don't know the politics and the cost and i want to stay away from you know that type of stuff but in general um i i do think that they have the potential to make a difference in rural counties that are trying to generate economic activity so i hope that they see uh, a positive impact from it um you know i know that there are a lot of other successful uh, maker spaces and co-working spaces across the western slope into utah um those are kind of the places i'm familiar with so um you know generally speaking i i think it's a great idea yeah, time will tell. Maybe as we get, you know, further down the road, it's going to take them some time to get everything going. It could be, you know, two to three years before you could even see anything, you know, as far as numbers and statistics on how successful it is. I thought I'd just throw that out because I think that's exciting for the city of Delta in an attempt to try to, you know, incentivize more business uh, opportunities and encourage business in uh, the city of Delta and for the county as well. And uh, actually, the stats that I quoted were from, were from Delta County, not the city of Delta. I want to clarify that. You're tuned to KVNF. This is Local Motion, our weekly public affairs program. I'm Lisa Young. My guest today is Dr. Nathan Perry, Assistant Professor of Economics at Colorado Mesa University. We'll continue our discussion on our local economy. I guess let's talk about maybe Montrose County now as far as the same unemployment, uh, business filings, kind of what's happening for Montrose County. Yeah, um, you know, employment is is doing well in Montrose. They they had what I thought was kind of the best employment story coming out of COVID and um, their employment has leveled off. And again, I don't think that's a bad thing. you know, because they've got kind of a dichotomy between employment and jobs as well. So if you look at the employment data, it's leveled off around 20,000. Okay. So the peak was 2019, where there was almost 21,000 employees. And in May, we hit that same peak, 21,000. So, um, you know, the June, July numbers, I expect Montrose to reach peak employment this summer. Um, probably peaking in September, October, which is usually the month that the Western Slope counties peak in employment. Not all of them, not Route County. Um, the winter counties peak different times, but uh, 
you know, Montrose is going to peak in um, that their seasonal employment peaks in September, or October. And so, but their jobs numbers, um, you know, they show a big spike in 2021 to 25,000 jobs, you know, versus 21,000 in employment. And so I'm curious to see what we see for 2022 with jobs. But overall, I mean, the unemployment rate is very low for Montrose as well. So the most recent data point I have is 2.8% in May. So, I mean, the whole region is just at a really low unemployment rate right now. And I expect it to stay low for the next three to four months. And then we'll see what happens with the national economy slowdown. So, um, and, and if I'm right, we won't see too much of a slowdown or a recession. And you know, unemployment can stay below four, four and a half percent for a while. That'd be great. You know, one of the questions I've had uh, is about the growth in Mesa County and the growth in Montrose County. And I don't know if this, if this are, if there's a tie-in or if it really even matters. But both of those counties have airports. What is the dynamic there? It's just a curiosity that uh, popped into my head. How does that relate to the growth in attracting people into a county? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. You know, it's like a chicken or the egg story. Is it the growth that attracts the airport or is it the airport that attracts the growth? <laughs> um, you know, it might be a little bit of both. You know, in the case of Montrose, I think their airport attracts a lot of growth. Uh, you know, so many people fly in there to go see different parts of Colorado. Um, you know, you think about the Telluride connection with Montrose and, uh, you know, the Grand Junction Airport. You know, both airports are growing. The Montrose airport's growing like crazy. Um, so I think they're, I think they're really important for regional growth. Um, to kind of get to the Delta point, you know, if Delta had a large airport, I don't know, I don't know how much of a difference that would make since they're so close to Grand Junction and Montrose. I'm always amazed at how close those two airports are and how well they're doing. Um, you know, Delta's interesting. It's kind of squeezed in between those two counties. And when you look at the population estimates from the state, the population forecast, Mesa County is expected to grow like crazy. Uh, it's got a y younger population, not compared to the rest of Colorado, but compared to Delta, the younger population, you have more migration. Um, you know, Montrose is expected to grow a lot. And then Delta is not expected to grow as much in terms of population. A lot of it's because of demographics, the high death rate, low birth rate, aging population. But I think if you look over 10 to 20 years, you know, when you think about the price of real estate and you think about um, just the space, you know, I mean, listen, if you go to Montrose and Grand Junction are not crowded compared to Denver, right? But you think about 20 years of growth and it'll be different in this area. And I always wonder how much overflow we're gonna see as you see population increases in Garfield, which has great demographics for growth, by the way. Um, they have a lot younger population, a lot of kids. Um, I always think, is Delta going to experience overflow? You know, and that's the st state demography office doesn't have that, but I kind of have that in the back of my mind. You know, if you get enough people moving into Mesa and Montrose, at what point do the people retiring from Denver say, you know what, I think I'm going to choose Delta, you know, because there's not as many people here and it's cheaper. A much slower rural kind of pace to things. And, uh, you know, there's a difference. I drive Delta to Montrose quite a bit for my job. And when I'm in Montrose, you know, I just, I kind of feel a little bit of this buzz, you know, because it's different Then I come back to Delta where I live. And when I drive in, I always kind of, but I always feel this kind of peaceful feeling. 
maybe that's what people are looking for. You know, maybe they kind of want that slower pace. And Delta definitely provides kind of that feeling, kind of a chill out feeling to me anyway. And I like it for that reason. So I think it does become attractive for people like myself as we get older. We're like, I don't know that I want to deal with the Montrose or the Grand Junction kind of uh, hub, you know, buzzing traffic type thing. So it is uh, attractive for its own reasons. Yeah, and it's always interesting to see what young people decide to do. You know, trends change. You know, during the 2010s, the millennials wanted to move to cities. So they all moved to Portland, you know, and some of these, you know, Denver, they all moved and they wanted to live downtown and they wanted to drink IPA beer, you know, and not own a car. And <laughs> and, and then when COVID hit, when they're all in their 30s, they said, oh, let's all work remotely and move rurally, right? Let's move somewhere rural. And so then the rural counties benefited from the millennials kind of starting families and working remotely. And so I don't know what the next trend is going to be. You know, if we continue this trend of people working remotely and wanting to live in rural areas, if everyone decides it's time to move back to the cities, I don't know. Some of these big cities have some problems these days. So um, we'll have to see what happens over the next 10 years. This is what's hard about, you know, forecasting migration and population trends. You can look at the birth rate, you can look at the death rate, those things matter. But I feel like there's some cultural trends that go into it too, you know? Um, so, so we'll see what happens. But I think the state does a great job with their estimates and I use the state's data. Mm -hmm. I guess just to kind of maybe wrap things up, would it be all right if we talked a little bit about real estate? What are you seeing with real estate in, in the comparison with Mesa, Montrose and Delta counties? You know, um, it's, it's kind of interesting. We saw a decline from the summer until about, you know, January, okay. 2020, summer, 2022 to January, 2023, we saw a decline. But I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, since January, we've seen prices pick back up. <laughs> so, you know, Delta, so we went down from the summer to January, but then for some reason, people decided this year with, you know, 7% interest on mortgages that um, prices can increase for a couple of reasons, right? The first is because there's a ton of demand. Well, there is a ton of demand for housing, but with higher interest rates, it's reduced that demand. So there's a lot of people would love to buy housing, but a lot of people can't afford it. So the second thing is supply. Well, nobody's selling houses and nobody's buying houses. And so it's kind of had this, the supply factors had this unintended effect that it's pushing prices up. So there's such a short supply that even though interest rates are really high and nobody can really afford it, it prices have gone back up because not enough inventory is hitting and not enough people are putting the house up for sale. Does that make sense? That's kind of the general national story is we, uh, as we have seen now prices pick back up. So as of May, which is the most recent data point I have, I think June numbers are out, but I haven't updated June yet. You know, we're seeing prices pick up back up. So Delta is about even with their peak from 2022. Montrose isn't quite at the peak, uh, but they're back towards 500,000 on the median home value. And then Mesa County is moving towards that peak on the average sales price and on the median sales price. And so I got bad news for everybody. You know, the slower real estate market has not meant slower prices. The slower real estate market has meant less inventory. And so, um, you know, I was hoping to see kind of a decline in prices too, or at least a stagnation of prices. But on the single family home front, there's just no inventory. There's no, you know, there's when you look at building permits for Montrose, for instance, um, you know, single family home permits are down 46%. 
I mean, there, there are some economic factors at play there, but with such high demand, you know, for single family homes, you'd expect more building, but I think that there are some uh, cost issues on the building side. And I think that there are issues with, you know, if you build a home, it's much more profitable to build it at a higher price point. What well, a high price point, you know, 7.2% interest, is anybody going to buy it? So there's a lot of fear from that perspective. But if there's not new single family home permits and nobody's putting the house up for sale currently, then what's going to happen to the existing prices? They're going to go up, even with interest rates at 7.2%. And so, you know, cash buyers have a huge advantage right now. And uh, so real estate's kind of funky right now. It's, I was really hoping for prices to fall 10 to 20% and then kind of level off for a few years. And that's not what's happening. I expect rent to level off um, because there's been so many multifamily units built right across the nation and regionally and locally. I mean, if you think about what's being built, are you seeing single family homes being built? Or are you seeing apartment complexes being built? What are you seeing being built out in Delta and Montrose? I mean, wherever I drive, whether it's Montrose, whether it's Grand Junction, whether it's Delta, whether it's Denver, whether it's Salt Lake, it's multifamily, it's apartments. So I expect rent to stabilize and that's a national trend. You know, rent has been going up like crazy. There's going to be a ton of multifamily uh, units hitting the market. And I think that that will help to stabilize rental prices, but single family homes, that is a different story. Um, supply is not hitting the way that it is for multifamily. And I, I don't know if prices are going to fall for single family. We need more inventory because demand is sky high for single family, but nobody can afford it. Since COVID, how big of a game changer was COVID in your estimation from where things were before COVID? What is it like? Is it really, really whack things out that bad? No, I don't think so. I think we fully recovered from COVID. Um, you know, there are a few things that are different post-COVID uh, that would have happened anyways, but would have been a lot smoother. So the first is early retirements from the baby boomers. You know, nationally, we lost 5 million people in the workforce. A lot of baby boomers just said, you know what, I can retire, I'm out. You know, I don't want to go to work, I don't want to get COVID. Or... So that would have happened anyways, but it probably would have happened more smoothly over, you know, a few years. And instead, it, a lot of people just left the labor force. And then a lot of people got sick, right? Um, you know, and some people died from it. And so that impacted the labor force as well. But um you know, the big industries that were hit were accommodation, food services, um, uh, you know, energy, um, tourism related, you know, arts, entertainment, recreation, all of those have fully recovered. And so the only thing that hadn't recovered really the last year was energy. And because energy prices were so high the last year, they in the last QCEW, uh, quarterly census of employment and wages data, you know, at least in Mace County where energy matters, um, you know, we'd seen... A, a pretty big comeback in energy. And so there was really no industry that hasn't completely recovered in the Western slope other than energy and energy is mostly recovered. And it's not just COVID that, that hurt energy. It's, you know, a couple different forces. So, um, so I think, you know, COVID's in the rearview mirror, supply chains are over the supply chain issues. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody is avoid, I mean, there might, there might be some people who are still avoiding things, but I mean, consumer behavior is back to 99%, you know. Um, one thing I can say about COVID is we were all given a bunch of money, you know, which which in part led to this inflation. I think a lot of the inflation that we've experienced has been cost push, you know, energy, 
rent, housing, um, agricultural issues from, uh, you know, a bad agricultural year, Russia, Ukraine, uh, stuff like that. So you got supply side that I think was important for inflation. But I think I think the the COVID checks we got, you know, during COVID from the federal government, um, you know, monetary policy, keeping interest rates at zero, making it easy to get really free money. I think those things, you know, enhance demand more and contributed on the demand side to inflation. So, but we're seeing inflation come back down. We're at 3%. And so that's kind of the last final remnant of the COVID chain of events. And now that we're at 3%, I mean, we're kind of back to normalcy with inflation. So I, my answer to your question is, I think COVID's in the rearview mirror economically. Just to wrap it up one more time, maybe let people know where they can get those quarterly reports if they're interested in following their county or the other counties that you cover. Just go to Colorado Mesa University's website, coloradomesa.edu, and you can just go to the search bar and uh, type in economic newsletter, and you can subscribe. You can download the PDF. They are free. And um, if you can't find it, feel free to email me. My email is naperry at coloradomesa.edu. Dr. Nathan Perry from Colorado Mesa University, thank you for talking with KVNF today. This is Local Motion, KVNF's weekly public affairs program. Special thanks to Dr. Nathan Perry, Assistant Professor of Economics at Colorado Mesa University. Local Motion airs Wednesdays at 6 p.m. and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. I'm Lisa Young. Thanks for listening.